It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Measuring the Effectiveness of a Compliance Program Determining the effectiveness of your compliance program is a key part of continuous improvement. I recently put the question of how to do so to Vincent DeCiani, CEO and founder of Affiliated Monitors, Inc., and Eric Feldman, Senior Vice President. Feldman began by explaining you need to consider both outcomes and outputs. Outcomes will show you the results of a specific action, such as investigations or conclusions to them. DeCiani added that the numbers are attractive because they form a single straight line about your compliance program and how it's functioning. Yet DeCiani cautioned the numbers will only give you one view of a compliance program. You need to consider the qualitative side of the equation. This is where outputs are equally important as they form the qualitative portion of determining compliance program effectiveness. More importantly, you cannot conflate the two. Feldman explained that hotline data is a good example, so that if your hotline reports drop dramatically, the company may well believe their compliance program is effective. However, this could be a tenuous conclusion because just as easily one could conclude that your culture has taken a turn for the worse, that employees are afraid of retaliation, they don't have faith and trust in the anonymity of your hotline system, and therefore they're just not going to report, but the things are still going on. Other important considerations include assessing software measures as how employees feel about whether the company is committed to a speak-up culture. If you can determine if companies feel that their employees feel comfortable going to their managers and that their managers are going to get involved going up to senior management level, ethics and compliance office, or a corporate hotline if they see misconduct, they're not going to be afraid of what will happen to them. The best way to make such a determination is through in-person culture interviews that we've talked about in a prior podcast. Another mechanism to determine if you have an effective compliance program is to see if there's a correlation about what the company says on paper regarding its vision, mission, and values around compliance and how it treats its employees. Here, key metrics are performance incentives, bonuses, promotions, and assignments. You must ascertain if the financial packages are based solely on hitting the numbers or there is an element that balance out the financial measures with the ethical measures, integrity measures. For example, is a manager effectively disseminating the ethics message and building an ethical culture in his or her work group, or are they rated on the performance appraisal that is a part of their bonus structure? One way to do so is 
by looking at a variety of areas to measure and how to measure them. So in the board of directors, you could review board minute meetings where the CCO is present and gave in-person reports to the audit committee and compliance committee to the board. You can conduct an inventory of those reports. What about the board understanding and oversight of their responsibility? You could review the training and responsibility as reflected in meeting minutes and other documents. Do they reflect the board's understanding? How often is training conducted? What about appropriate escalation to an oversight body? Review and look at the minutes and checklists in your CCO's file. What about commitment to from the top, rather? Here you can review compliance resources, budget, staff, headcount, dollars, review documentation to ensure staff, board, and management are actively involved in the program. You can conduct interviews of the board, management, and staff. What about process for escalation and accountability? Here, process review, document review, interviews, and ask, is there a timely reporting and resolution of matters going forward? Finally, what about appropriate oversight of the budget? Who oversees the compliance budget? Does there, is there a compliance committee or audit committee review at the board? Has the budget ever been cut back? Has the budget uh, requested ever been turned down? Is the budget based on an assessment of risk and program improvement and or effectiveness? Is the board's approval of the budget based on these factors? What about sufficient compliance resources? Well, here you need to look at budgeting and staffing to ensure compliance risks are managed appropriately. These are just a few ways that a compliance professional can begin to think about the questions laid out by the DOJ in the 2019 guidance. Moreover, you can use a more full operationalization of your compliance program to answer many of these questions. As many ideas as possible, be broad enough to help any type of organization and let the organization choose which one suits its best. This is decidedly not a checklist, but a way for compliance practitioners to take a look at their own program and put it in place. DCIANI concluded by emphasizing the need for both a quantitative and qualitative approach to measuring compliance program effectiveness. Numbers are important, but they only tell one part of the equation. And without having consideration of both sides of an equation, you will not have a full understanding of how effective your compliance program is going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, you should test your compliance program effectiveness through both a quantitative and qualitative approach. Two, Bring in an outside party to interview your employees. And three, take a look at various resources which allow you to evaluate your compliance program effectiveness going forward. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow where we take up another topic in continuous improvement of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. As a call to action, I would ask that you tell one of your colleagues about this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance, 31 days to a more effective compliance program, and this month's topic of continuous monitoring. 31 days to a more effective compliance program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and this month's sponsor is Affiliated Monitors. 
I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for another episode in 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.